Welcome to the Landlord Academy Own Your Freedom podcast, where we focus on helping individual investors maximize their wealth through real estate investing and personal finance strategies. If you're a first-time investor looking to get started or a newer investor looking to scale, this is the place for you. I'm your host, Dallas. And I'm your host, Greg. And, and we're, we're here, here to, to drop some, some knowledge. knowledge. For this first podcast, we really wanted to step back and just give you an insight into our experience, where we're coming from, how we got started in real estate and kind of what that whole picture looked like. So we want to start Dallas. How, like, why real estate? How did you even get I, started in real I estate? I want to go back even farther. I want to go okay. back like Let's who we it. are, you know, where, yeah. where we came from. So yeah, my name's Dallas. I was born in Ohio. I went to a lot of different schools, a lot of different high schools and graduated in Utah. And it was fun. I got to see a lot of parts of the country. One thing I enjoyed about that is now when I'm older, I feel like half the people I meet, wherever they're from, but like, oh yeah, I used to live there. That's kind of cool. That's cool. <laughs> so that's fun. I lived yeah. in Arkansas for a little while, which everybody thinks nothing's going on there, but they got Walmart, home of Walmart. Yep. And Lots Ar- of lakes. Yeah. And it's great mountain biking. Mm-hmm. I honestly loved Arkansas. If I was to live outside of Utah, Colorado, and I think Arkansas are probably the top two. Okay. And North Carolina. I love North Carolina as yeah. well. We got some good places. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I graduated high school from Bountiful, Utah. And when I first graduated high school, I initially went to college thinking I was going to be doing information, or I think I was going to do accounting. Uh, my grandpa was an accountant. I looked up to him a lot. He was really successful and just like an overall good guy. He's, his name is actually Dallas. I was named after my grandpa. So like, oh yeah, my name's Dallas. I'm just going to go follow my grandpa's footsteps. So I went to school, declared an accounting major, and about halfway through, I switched it to information systems. You didn't like accounting? I actually did. I took accounting 200 and I enjoyed accounting 200, but I also had taking, taken information systems 200 okay. class. You and that was like Excel sheets and a little bit of uh, VBA for Excel and a little bit of you know HTML and CSS for like coding websites okay. and things. Super basic stuff. But it was like a little bit of a dabble in a lot of different softwares. And so I really liked that and I really liked accounting. So I think it was my just what is the second year of college your sophomore year sophomore year yeah end of my sophomore year i was like well i like both of these i'll go ahead and take the last prerequisites i had to take was a 300 level class for mm-hmm. each one and so if i wanted the accounting program it was accounting 300 i was going to do the information systems program as the is 300 so i took both of them i'll just take them both and see which one i like better and is was the one that stuck oh for sure i dropped yeah. out of the accounting 300 yeah. class yeah I just, accounting for me was too much of like, this is the correct way. Mm-hmm. Whereas information systems was like, hey, here's your, your starting from, here's your endpoint, here's the tools you have along the way. Like you can combine tools and codes however you want. As long as you get from the starting point to the endpoint, then you get the job done, right? Yeah. And so there's not a right way to do it mm-hmm. as long as it performs the task. And so I, yeah. I enjoyed that a lot more. Whereas accounting, like I remember having one quiz specifically where I, they, they asked me a question They're like, okay, it's March, it's, it's March, you're doing the books, you got this invoice for rent for the month and it was this much money mm-hmm. and whatever. And so they're like, okay, well now you have to do the end of your bookkeeping, you know, you paid rent in March. And so I remember on this question, I was like, okay, well I paid rent in March, but logically I would have had rent for a full year because all the other expenses of this business, there's no, nothing that makes it sound like this business just got an apartment in March. There's no deposit that was paid. It was just like yeah. rent every month from March. It's like, okay, it sounds like they just, you know, had rent, but it was due once a year on March or something like mm-hmm. that. And so I, I did the bookkeeping as if it was 12 months of rent. Yeah. And so I got that question wrong and I was like, no, that is so dumb. Like if you look at the whole picture, yeah. that's not what would have happened mm-hmm. there. And and there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like, no, but the question said, this is the words of the question. You have to follow it nah. to the T. And I, I nah, hated that. It was, yeah, you. frustrating. And so I dropped, I dropped out of that class after about 
maybe not even a month, but okay. I did my first exam and I was like, I'm out. Because <laughs> I was, I was loving, I was loving my IS class. I was like, that was my favorite class the whole yeah. semester. So I did that through college, and I honestly loved my degree, but I never used it, not even once. Okay. Yeah, so I, my first year of college, I had one of my high school buddies named Taylor. He's like, Dallas, what are you doing this summer, man? I was like, I don't know, I, I didn't really have any plans, but he's like, you should come out and do summer sales. And basically, there's a whole storm of people in Utah that will go out for the summer, specifically for like pest control companies or solar solar companies. Alarms. Alarms is another big one, good. yeah. And they'll go out and knock on people's houses at their place of residence and try to sell them a product. And so I just sold, yeah. I sold pest control. So I'd go and knock on people's doors and be like, yeah, we'll come out and spray your house four times a year. It's a hundred bucks a treatment. And I'd sign people up for like a one year pest did control. Did you do that contract. in Utah? Where, where did you go your first year? California. In yeah, California. yeah, San Diego, California. Okay. And so it was between semesters. I went out for four months. And the buddy that I went out with, with, he was the only person I knew on my team. It's like maybe 15 people on, on my team. And after about two weeks, he's like, man, this is too hard. And he quit. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so keep knocking drive. doors in California yeah. by and, yourself. You know, and, and oh, leading up to the summer, I had like three or four other companies like, well, you should come sell with us instead. Uh -huh. Like, we'll pay you more at offers of people that would be willing to pay me more. I'm like, and I was just kind of like, nah, I'm just going out with my buddy. Like, yeah. Even if you pay me more, like I'm just kind of, like, we're, going, we're just going out together, you know, like yeah. we're just going to go out together. And then he bailed on me, but that's okay. I, I ended up doing really well. I ended up actually making like $40,000 my first summer doing that. It's not bad for a summer in it was California. not bad. Yeah. yeah. Especially for like a student, right? Yeah. Between semesters. I'm like, dang, mm -hmm. that's, that's pretty good. So I enjoyed that. So I went back to school, kept doing school. And every summer I went back out and did door-to-door -door sales. And, and so did, how many years total did you? I did like that? seven and a half years. My last summer, okay. I only did it for two months instead of the month okay. before. But yeah, I did it all through college. And it was like around my last year of college, I was like, you know what? By the around after my third year, I was making like two hundred and fifty thousand. Pretty good for a college student. For in college four students, months. for four yeah. months, and that's yeah. the thing is four months of grind. Like it's yeah. like seventy-hour work weeks of grind during the summer. But then the other eight months of the year are like pretty chill like my job was recruiting building a mm -hmm. team but recruiting really means like going to top golf with some people and trying to build relationships or so taking pretty, pretty taking much people what you would like to, to do yeah. anyways yeah. but someone else pays super for it. social yeah, yeah really it's just like i'm socializing making friendships and specifically making friendships yeah. with hopes to bring those friends out to go knock doors with me in the summer so it was, it was pretty That's cushy fun. life uh, it was really really fun and so i graduated college once i graduated i was like I decided that I was, I was gonna keep doing that. I was like, man, I, I could go get a full-time job, work 12 months of the year, make half as much money, yep. and probably not like it as much. It wouldn't yeah. be as fun of, yeah. you know, I'd probably like my life more than I liked the four months. That was mm -hmm. always brutal. But as a whole, I think the flexibility and everything was super nice. So I, I did eight years, or seven, eight summers, seven and okay. a half yeah. normal summers of sales. I was only going to school for like four of those. Yep. So I kind of want to at least touch on one other fun thing that I did okay. yeah, right when I graduated. It. So I graduated school. I was used to like, you know, grind during the summer. And then in the school year, I'd like grind at school plus yep. recruiting. Yeah. And so I'd like, okay, I'll, you so know, anytime I'm not going time. to school. I mean, my recruiting is kind of, right. kind of fun. It's like emotionally. It's still work. It's still work, work, but I do fun stuff, you know, but I was used to that. And then when I didn't have school anymore, it was like, well, man, what, what do I do? I got so much time. Mm. So one of my middle school friends, his name is Colin. We were best friends in middle school huh. for when I lived in Arkansas. 
We like we. I actually had my bachelor party at this place in Provo called Bla Blaster Tag. Is that what it's called? Okay. It's a, a place where you'd yeah, go and like the shoot laser nerf, tag. No, no, not laser. Nerf, nerf gun. Nerf, gun. nerf guns. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you'd go and grab some Nerf guns and have a Nerf gun fight yeah. inside this arena that they built, and I loved it. And me and Colin had played Nerf guns. Yeah. You know, in middle school, that was like our in my basement. That was our go-to activity every day. We'd just go shoot each other with Nerf guns and. Not every day, but, yeah, yeah. Doing but regularly, yeah. So I graduated and I was like, and I, I've always had like an entrepreneurial spirit. Like I mm -hmm. like to like go out and do things. And yeah. I had this dream of like owning some kind of entertainment facility at some time in my life. And mm -hmm. so I went there and I was just about to graduate. And my buddy Colin was at my bachelor party. And I was like, dude, we could totally do something like this. <laughs> and so we like started just flirting with the idea. We I went home and like crunched some numbers on a Excel spreadsheet. And I was like, man, I think that we can make something like this work. So I called yeah. Colin, I'm like, dude, Colin, would you want to do this with me? He's like, heck yeah, bro, let's do it. And so we spent the next, did it. we spent the next, yeah, probably six months like opening a Nerf gun arena mm -hmm. up in Salt Lake City. Yeah, and, I remember that place. Yeah, yeah that's dark. where I had my bachelor party. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know if dude, you remember I don't, that. yeah. that's yeah, where we did, did it? Was uh -huh. it with, with what did we do? Was that with the big balls or was that with Gabe's party? No, that might have been Gabe's party. Yeah, we just did a little, maybe we did have the big we balls. We did a lot but, of parties there. We did there. the Nerf gun thing and then we went out for Indian food, but that was my oh, yeah. bachelor party. Yeah. Nice. It was fun. It was fun. We did, I had a lot of family parties there. I remember, so we did your bachelor party. We did Gabe's bachelor party. He got the big Zorb balls. And okay, so we, yeah, on, yeah. On top right, of playing Nerf, we moved we all the bunkers the off. Balls. And yeah, we just had a big Zorb ball <laughs> <laughs> adventure. That was, blast, so that was fun. That's fun. And that was the best part of the Nerf gun arena was that it was fun because yeah, financially did, it was... You didn't make money doing it? No. So we... Okay. Well, one thing, I learned a lot. Uh, I'm sure. So getting the facility, we're like, oh, we just want to find cheap rent. And anything that was zoned for... So, so like you didn't prioritize like location or do market research on like where it would be successful it's just no. like hey where, where can i get cheap space okay now the spot we got was behind a trampoline park okay so the trampoline there should park, be like, some market you know, overlap maybe yeah that's and that's what we thought job. too but it's like you pull up into this trampoline park you go down about a maybe 80 yards not quite mm -hmm. a football field but almost yep. down this alley that. it's like it's like 30 feet wide, a parking lot, only spaces on one side because it's yeah, the driving yeah, spot and it's that. spots on one side to park all the way down. Then there's this huge garage door and you go into this tiny little door on the left and that was Dart Nation. Yeah, yeah, that's that was where, the little arena. That was yeah. our location. And so it's a super ghetto location, really, really bad location besides the fact that it was the attached to the trampoline yeah. park. But the other issue is that it had, was not used for our business type. And so it wasn't zoned for mm. entertainment use. And so when we got the building, we actually had to, we had to like completely update a ton of stuff. So we're like, yeah, rent's going to be 3000 bucks a month, which was cheap for the amount of space that we needed. Right. But what we didn't realize is when we, to get our business license, we needed our facility to be uh, sufficient did, for their did, needs. Did you have to change anything with like the zoning laws? Itself? Not the laws, but the, okay. we had to change the building to get it rezoned. Oh. And so we had to get yeah. it rezoned. Okay. And so that included what was a one bathroom. Yeah getting demolition done and, and, and including, female. yep, separate male and female bathrooms. They had to dig up the cement to add new plumbing for two toilets, two sinks. And what, what did that end up costing you to get So everything? I think we spent like, like, I don't know, about $10,000 on the toilet. Then we had to get fire sprinklers installed. And so we had to get a fire sprinkler system installed. Then we had to get a fire emergency exit door that turns on an alarm when you. And, and this is all out exit. of your pocket, yes, right? This yes, is no, the, the building yeah, the, for these the, improvements. And this is something I didn't do any research on this before. So the they they get, we're like, well, this is for your building. They're like, yeah, we don't need this for our building. Yeah, we didn't, like, we we don't didn't want, want this. We yeah. didn't need this. Like, 
this is you guys that need this, so we're not paying for it, which is fair. I think, yeah. you know, as a landlord yeah. myself, I would have like, the same approach. Yes. Like, you want to do that, it's fine. I'm, I'm okay with it, but it doesn't add yeah, value I'll benefit to me. from it at the back end, but like, I'm not yeah. paying for anything. Well, it's not that much benefit. Like, they were planning on use, renting it to somebody that needed storage space, like some mm. warehouse facility type of thing where it's like, yeah, I've used this yeah. for shelving and stuff. And that kind of business wouldn't have needed those yeah, anything. Yeah. yeah. So mm, anyway, um, so we, we got all, we spent like $60,000 total to get this place up and running. And then we finally started getting, getting bookings and we were doing okay. We we're making about twenty-two thousand dollars a year. We op okay. we operated so it for take about you three years to recoup well, your investment. We operated it for about two and a half years, and I have still to this day never done the math to say did I break even or was I barely ahead or barely behind? I just didn't want to know. Well, you, yeah, that's what I'm saying. If, if you spent like 60 grand to get it up and going, you're probably a little bit behind. But, yeah, yeah. But you add in the experiences and maybe it evens out. It was, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I did it. We had a fun, yeah. really fun yeah. time doing it. I learned a lot, a lot of mistakes that I made doing that for sure. One thing I learned is I never want to do a brick and mortar business again. Just from the hassle? The fixed cost, yeah, the hassle of dealing with, you know, building regulations. Uh -huh. And also the fixed cost. Like it was stressful at the very beginning where it's like, man, if we don't get bookings, I've got to pay rent anyway. Three grand every month, no matter yeah. what. Compared to our, our business now, our biggest expense by far is advertising. And we, we can scale that up, we, scale we that get down. That out. If worst case, yeah. I was like, okay, we can scale that down. Or, or if we didn't have Stop. it at all, whatever. Yeah. Our other biggest cost is gonna be payroll, but everybody that we pay is commission only. And so we only pay money if we're yeah. making money. And so, and then my software costs. But, I, but brick and mortar, you have to pay someone to be there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Almost we're all, whenever it's open. We're having walk-ins. Yeah. 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 And our software costs with our online business is like, we pay a lot for texting. That's pretty expensive uh -huh. to do a lot of, but that, yep. if we would yeah. stop marketing, we'd, we'd stop, stop texting, right? Yeah. But our software cost, or like scale it back if we needed to, our software cost besides that is, I don't think we spend any more than the, oh, I, I've got some, maybe we spend a couple hundred dollars a month of like necessary software. Yeah. And that's really it. It's like. It's pretty cheap. Pretty it's, cheap. it's less than rent at this place that you're paying like yeah. for the software. That yeah, way. yeah, yeah, super cheap. So anyway, I'll never do a brick and mortar business ever again. The other thing that I learned is I do not want to own a business where I have to hire like high school employees. That was the worst. <laughs> I got way too many phone calls on a Saturday morning where people are like leaving us battery reviews on Google, trying to find our number somehow. I don't know how they find it, but they find their number and call me and they're like, we're here waiting outside for my son's 13th birthday party and it's locked. No one's here. Oh, and I'm like, dude, I'm not even supposed to be doing this. I had hired out everything. I wasn't running yeah. the business. And so I call my you know, high school employees like, oh yeah, sorry. I slept through my alarm. It's like, oh, oh my gosh. gosh. And so, you know, and I had a couple of good, good employees. I had one guy, his name was Dominic. He actually was a really good employee, but yeah. he couldn't run the whole thing. So he had right. other people that yeah. he would hire and he managed them and stuff. But so, you know, but either way, the buck stops yeah. with me, you know, yeah. like I was the business it's your owner. business. And it's, I'm the one that's taking a loss, right. right? So yeah, it was a, a big learning expense. And, and to be honest, the exit with this initially felt traumatic. Mm -hmm. So we actually, the reason we stopped the business is our landlord was selling the building and he's like, yeah, you guys can stay. Like your lease goes for another, is a three year lease with an option to extend for three more. It's like your lease is valid so you can stay here, but we're selling our building to like a warehousing company. It ended up being like a golf cart warehouse where they sold golf carts. So like, I just think that 
with your location, it's gonna be a big mismatch. The whole street we're on is all warehouse space. This was the only entertainment facility. So the trampoline the, place was going away. Yeah, and the trampoline park was called The Warehouse, which is okay. a really clever name, A-I-R, Warehouse. Okay. It's yeah. a really clever name because it was surrounded by, it was an old warehouse and surrounded by a bunch of other warehouse space. Yeah. And they were the only entertainment facility and we're tucked way behind them. So it's like terrible location, especially if we get rid of the other mm -hmm. family you know, yep. event the place. one thing that the would one bring thing in that made it okay. Yeah. She's so like, so if you want to terminate your lease, you can terminate your lease. And he also, I, I, I felt a little bit of pressure from him to terminate. He's like, we, we want to terminate your lease because it makes their building easier to sell if there's not a tenant. Mm -hmm. Like somebody buying it's like, yeah, we want the warehouse space. And if there's a lease, we're taking up part of their building. We want that value. space. Yeah, they want yeah. it, right? So, anyway, so he wanted us to end our lease. And so we, we decided to end our lease and I like actually, I started crying because I was just like, it's my first thing, it's my baby, you yeah. know? We had just, we we're right at the spot where it's like, dude, we're right about to we're break We're gonna start even. making money on I had like thing. just done some, I was like, man, if I sold this, I was like, you know, it's got, it's pretty passive for the owner for the most part. It's like, if I could even sell it for like a 3X multiple of annual revenue, like I could sell it for like 60 grand, that'd be cool, you uh, know? Like, something, something at least, at least what you put back, into it. Paid, yeah. Well, I would have paid myself back and then made maybe 60 yeah. grand on top of it, you know? And so I was like kind of already getting excited about the potential of maybe selling mm -hmm. the business. And then like I get this news and it's like, dude, also it would not be very sellable. It's gonna be really crappy. Yeah. So I was like super distraught and mm. I cried to my wife and I cried to the guy who is, you know, the manager of the warehouse, not the owner of the building, but like the yeah. guy that manages it that I'd interact with a little yeah. more. I was like, yeah, I'm just, I made yeah, this and I, now yeah, it's going away. I don't cry, cry maybe once a year and I was sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so we ended up deciding to terminate our lease. And they're like, yeah, we'll terminate it on this month. It was like two months out. It turns out we had that conversation in like, I don't know, I guess it was maybe March of 2020. Okay. And so, so good, good decision. It was back. ended up being really amazing because towards you know June, yeah. of May, it's not even, even June, May. towards May, yeah. towards May of 20. I think it was actually in April. We started getting yeah. canc party cancellations. The governor of Utah said no more than 10 people per yeah. gathering. And our whole business, for the most part, was people coming for birthday parties. Yeah. Like, and there's know, no, eight no to more eight birthday to 12 parties. year old kids. Yeah. 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 Birthday parties, all of our bookings were getting canceled. So it was like we had to refund all these customers and we weren't getting income. And I still have to pay rent. I still had to pay employees to show up in case we have walk ins and things like that. Shit. And so we had about a month of like 50. 50% of our bookings being gone and then it like ended up getting pretty bad and then it, I don't we know how it would have gone because we, we shut down I think the very beginning of June and we don't know what would have happened but it got it wouldn't have been every, good it wouldn't have been, been good. good like it was basically not allowed to go to facilities like yeah. that and we would have been stuck yeah paying all of our fixed costs that we couldn't have gotten out of so looking back hindsight this was I got extremely lucky and I feel like a large part of my life I feel like I've been looked over by a higher power or just luck or fate yeah. or the universe or whatever and yeah I, I got super lucky that we got out of that lease and yeah. now now was like man that was amazing that I yeah. had a fun experience and prevented a you know thirty six thousand dollars of rent without, every year without yeah. any income yeah. yeah so that was that was a fun a fun go but after that wrote off wrote off physical facilities and then I I was still bored and so I was like well, what do I do now I was like do I go I love real estate I was already investing in real estate for a while and so I love real estate. I was like, maybe I go be a real estate agent and you know, help my friends buy real estate rental properties. But the more I talked to my friends that were real estate agents, it's very much a marketing business. Yeah, like, I, marketing at that point, I didn't, I didn't need a job. I didn't need a job. I was financially free with my rental properties. So like, I don't want to do something that's like 
a grind. I already grinded for so many years with door-to-door -door sales. I was like, I don't need the money, so I'd rather do something that I enjoy, but like, I, I need something to do. I'm a busybody. So like, maybe I'll be a real estate agent. I, I wrote that off fairly quickly. And I was like, maybe I'll be a financial advisor. You know, I love, you know, finance in general, not just real estate. And then that also was like, oh, but I'm like selling financial products. And the more I've had those financial products and most of the products that they sell, I don't like. Aren't great. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I do not like yeah. most products that financial advisors sell. And so I was like, man, I don't want to do that. And so I ended up, I ended up buying a real estate course that was like somebody that I, I knew that was a real estate investor that has, I don't know, 20 times as many rental properties as I have. And I got their course and I was like going through, I'm like, man, this is really terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you haven't talked about this at all, but you also have a background in videography and, and, I, and that, that, was, that was actually another right. hobby I picked up. Yeah. Around the, like shortly after starting Dart Nation, that was another one of my hobbies is I signed up for a, yeah, how to edit and film. That so, so you're watching this course and you're saying, dude, I could do that. One, well, and it wasn't just the video quality, but also like the video, the course about making videos that I signed up for called Full-Time Filmmaker, mm -hmm. it was phenomenal. It was, they did a phenomenal job with the quality of the content. Yeah. And one thing that I really liked is the videos are short, condensed to the point and complete. All just like you watch yeah. a five minute video, you get everything you need about yeah. that topic. And then this guy's video, you can tell it was like, he you know, made bullets of like, all right, these are the topics of real estate. If I cover these bullets, we cover real estate investing. And he went on each bullet, made a video, and he was like, all right, you gotta have a great real estate agent. You gotta grill them. Make sure you're talking to lots of agents. Make sure you get the best ones. Make sure they know their stuff. Make sure they're amazing. And and it's like, okay. But I was like, like, like what their, do I ask him? What's their stuff? What, what's considered good? If I even knew what to ask him, what would be a considered a acceptable requirement yeah. of that? Yeah. And then it's like, all right, when you're negotiating, like you gotta push hard. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta get all of the, get as good of a deal as you can. Like you gotta make sure so you're really- It's just like vague information. So vague. It's like, this isn't even up, helpful. Like I don't know what I'm vague. supposed to do from this. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't know what my action steps are. What do I do? How do I, how do I actually apply this? And even if I knew what to do, like what's a benchmark of like tolerance or acceptable, uh, you know, yeah. like with negotiating, like, well, like how, what should I negotiate on? How do I try to negotiate? And what's an acceptable amount to get? How much I should don't I be negotiating? <laughs> it's like, what are things I can negotiate for? Like, yeah. is it damage to the property? Like, what, like how do I even do that or start yeah. going about that? Exactly. So mm -hmm. I watched, I watched this course and I did get some good nuggets. Don't get me wrong. I, I did get some stuff. Like, oh, that was helpful. It wasn't like the whole thing was just garbage, but I did watch the whole thing. I'm like, if I didn't already know what I, I was doing, I would have no idea yeah. what to do. Like, I wouldn't have been able <laughs> to pick up those nuggets that are helpful to me. Yeah. Like, I just would be lost yep. from watching this course. So, and, and I was on the spot where I was trying, I, I was actively trying to like pursue, like further my real estate investing journey. I'd also signed up for another course called Renatus. This was yep. a, their whole program was like a $20,000 coaching program. I signed up, I was like, I'll get their taste test. It's like 2000 bucks for like 10 videos. And so, and, and they're like, all of their videos were recorded web like seminars. And so it seemed like they have a nice facility somewhere and they get a nice camera, like almost like you're watching an event on TV or something. And okay. they've got a, a, a nice, nicely done, high, high quality production, but the seminars are 60 to 90 minutes. And so I had these 10, 60 to 90 minute seminars and it's on one topic. I'm like, oh, that topic seems interesting. And so I watched the seminar and I'm like sitting there, I'm like, I don't want to watch a 90, 90 minute minutes. seminar to get the nuggets that I need. And in this one, I got actually quite a bit of good nuggets. This one had really good knowledge, really good information, 
but it was just like so long and so yeah. difficult to like consume. Like tedious to actually find the nuggets. That yeah, yeah. And I was actually very open to like getting their full program, but then after this, I'm like, man, I don't. This is not my learning style, you know. Yeah. Like, and so I didn't love that. And, and especially like where it's like I had this full time filmmaker course where I was like, oh, dude, I love this. This is amazing. I love that learning style and it's quick and condensed. And so I'd, I'd had these two different things where the first one did have those you know five minute videos but super unhelpful. The other one had really helpful, really helpful advice, but just really long form content. And so I was kind of like at this point, and I love building stuff. I wanted to stay busy. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do this better. And you know, everything kind of morphed and became a thing. Just like take what they did, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, yeah, I've got a lot of knowledge myself. I've learned a lot of knowledge from other places and other people. And I can put this together in a much more effective education platform. So that's what I did. So, yeah. Anyway, let's go back to just last part of my story is like getting into real estate. Yeah, I want to hear about it. I want to hear all about it. So this was right after I got married. So I got married my last year of college. I got married and it's actually my very last semester when I got married. So uh, this was 2017 and I got married in September 2017. I bought my first property in December of 2017. Okay. So I just gotten home from a summer, the summer between you know May of May and August of 2018, doing door-to-door yep. sales. Yep. And one of my college buddies calls me, and he's like, "Dallas, you've been doing sales for a while. Like you're making good money, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've been, I'm doing pretty well." It's like, "Well, what are you doing with all your money?" And I had some retirement accounts, and I had done some stuff with financial advisors that I now don't like having and, and you <laughs> said and you, you don't have to answer this if you don't want to but you said you started out your first summer you made like 40 grand 40 grand I at the not, end you're making 200 something like yeah, around I, this I point did, how much were you making well so i did i did my first year was like 40 grand my next year was like 130 next year was also like around 130 the next year i did about 200 and okay and that was this year, i don't right? you're, you're, uh, this was about, married, I, it was, about i had 200. done i think i had done at least three summers so you're somewhere between 150, 200,000 yeah. this, this year. I think I did 14, 15, 16. It, so it was, it was my seven, 2017, so it was my fourth summer. I was in okay. my fourth summer. And I would have made probably 220 is my guess okay. for that year or something. Okay. So, so, you, so you were making pretty, well. pretty good money. Yeah, yeah, I was doing pretty well. But not like buku bucks. Like, right. You know, like I but for a college costs, kid, you know. it was, it was like, I was doing good. really well. I had pretty cheap. Yeah, no. I didn't have very many expenses. So I, I had some investments and whatever. I maxed out my Roth IRA every year. I had you know, some, I had an I intern index universal life account, which I, I hate. Yep. <laughs> oh, I hate it. <laughs> Worst thing I ever, I ever purchased. Financial planners will sell you. Yeah. I had some, some mutual funds and some stock okay. accounts and things yeah. like that. So just normal stuff. Yeah. Right. He's like, Dallas, you should invest in real estate. And I didn't know any real estate investors, no one. And I really looked up to my grandpa. So I called my grandpa and he's like, no, like that's so risky. And he's very risk adverse. And he just kind of gave me like the thumbs down. And so I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't think I'm interested. And I told him no, actually. I said, no, I'm not going to do it. He's like, well, Dallas, before you say no, you should at least meet my father-in-law. His name was Dave. And Dave was a real estate. He's like, he's a successful real estate investor. Mm-hmm. And you should at least hear his story. Like, I really think that real estate investing is better than you think. And before you write it off, you should at least, you know, hear Dave's experience about it. And, and he obviously, like, he had a commission to get. So Great, so for he, sure. So yeah, he had some ulter- and, ulterior motives yeah. there, but, but also And, and I respect friend. that. You know, right. I was a commission-based salesperson. And so I respect that that real estate agents make commissions mm-hmm. and even financial planners. I respect that yeah. they have to make yeah. they have to make commissions. So it's like, I do take it with a grain of salt, but it's not like because they make a commission, yeah. I don't trust right. you. Right. right. Um, but I, like but that was it's worth hearing Dave out. Yeah, exactly. But, and that was kind of where it's like, you know, I didn't feel like Braden was just calling me out of the goodness of his heart to be like, Dallas, 
you need this in your yeah. life. It's like, yeah. you know, he's but obviously got to be I know he's out to make money, but... But I'll hear you out. You yeah. know, I'm not going to be... Not? I might as well hear him out. So yeah. I went and met Dave, and Dave, like, 100% changed my paradigm. So... All right. What what did he say that changed, like, changed so, your mindset on that? So Dave, I mean, he told me just, I guess, his, his life story. It wasn't okay. super long. But in a nutshell, he's like, yeah, I worked as a firefighter, and he made fine money. He's enough to, like, support his family, but not get ahead, really. But he met some friends that were real estate investors and joined their little club thing and bought his first rental property. And he's like, right when I bought it, it like opened my mind. I'm like, oh, this is the path for me. Like if I can do this and he's like, he starts seeing the potential. I don't even think his personal cash flow very much, but he starts seeing the potential for cash flow. And he just kind of ca- caught the vision, right? And so he starts like dumping all of his time, extra time and extra money into real estate investing. And from his like late 30s until his late 40s, like that was really where he spent his time. And I met him when he was in his 50s. And he's like, yeah, like that was the best thing I ever did. And at the time I met him, he lives in a really nice house and they've got a really nice cabin and he lives a cushy life. And anyway, so he like just showed me like, look, even going from like a fireman's salary, which I think he said he made like 30 grand a year, but this was, you know, years ago, a while ago. Yeah. yeah. So it was a fine, I guess, acceptable salary. Like, oh, yeah, he did okay. Yeah, he did, yeah. He, yeah. But he went from that and put in some hustle and grind and knowledge and put stuff together and bought a bunch of rental properties and, and loved it. And anyway, so he told me, he's like, man, Dallas, if I, if I could have been in your situation where you're, you're in your 20s, you have money to invest, you've got a great job with some more money to continue to invest, like yep. I would, uh, like that would be the biggest thing I could change in my life. If I could have done what I did in my late 30s at your age with the income that you have. It's like, that would be amazing. 100% you should invest in real estate. And so Dave, just seeing a story, and Dave has no incentive to help me. He's just telling me the story. Yeah, he he wasn't getting paid. And, you know, I'm, his, his, son his son is lost. But... So I'm sure he wants his son-in-law to be successful, but it's not like he's got personal right. investment in yeah. me buying a property yeah. or whatever. And so I felt like Dave was just honest with me. And, and he's like, and if you decide to do it, like, you know, it's up to you. But if you decide to do it, I'd be more than happy to like look at the deal with you. He actually walked through the property with me and like did a, like the inspection with me. I'd be happy to help you learn how to be a landlord for the first time, you know, give you the tools and stuff that I have. And for my first year and a half, he was so helpful. Like I called him, I don't know how often, but like anytime I used to do my own repairs, that was also a mistake. Okay. Anytime yeah, I'd show up, there. I'd be like, Dave, the faucet's leaking. <laughs> what like, do what I do I do? He's like, all right, you're gonna go to Home Depot. You're gonna get a mowing faucet. You're gonna watch this YouTube video. I'm gonna send you right here and then get her done. And, <laughs> and so I was like, and honestly, it was exactly what I needed. Yeah. I, I wish yeah. that he had taught me about, here's how you find affordable help. Like yeah. you shouldn't Have be doing that with your time. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew that at the time. But, but, but it also sounds like he's the kind of guy who like, he enjoyed doing. Oh, for sure. Stuff, yeah, right? well, and so. he's retired. All he does, he, he has like, I don't know, 50 units or something. And all he does is, that's his only job. He manages them, he drives up, you know, takes care of them. He likes kind of just checking up on his properties and taking care of them. And all his properties are within, yeah, yeah. All his properties are within, you know, an hour's drive of where he lives. So that's that's like his his retired job is is doing that. And that's fine. So I just kind of followed his model, but that's not the best model to follow. But he was so helpful. And like, I 100% wouldn't have gotten started without him because, so once I met with Dave, I told Braden, I'm like, all right, I'm open to this. Let's go consider 
buying a rental property. Let's go look, let's go see what we can find. And so we found this property up in Ogden, Utah, and he sent me a pro forma analysis, like, yeah, here's how it can cash flow. And at first I was like, all right, again, he's incentivized. Like, mm -hmm. I love your pro forma, thank you. I didn't know how to run numbers on a property myself. Yeah. So then I asked Dave, I'm like, what do you think about this? He's like, yeah, it's, you know, here's the performance. I think this is pretty accurate. He's like, yeah, this would be a good property. Looks like it's gonna cash flow really well for you. And so after talking to Dave, I felt more comfortable with it. I'm like, all right, well, let's go ahead and put an offer on it. Got the offer accepted. So then we're going up to do the just a walkthrough on the property. And yeah, I didn't get a professional inspection, but Dave came with me to do the walk. He's like, yeah, let's go check it out. And I showed up with my wife and both of us came from like, we lived, had wealthier families that lived in nice neighborhoods and whatever. And so we're not used to seeing crappy apartments. Uh -huh. <laughs> this is like yep. a C, C minus building. Yep. Probably not D, but it's good. It's, yeah. it's a C, yeah. C or C minus. And so we show up at this property and it's like, trash all in the yard, sidings peeling off the walls, roof shingles are coming off the roof. I walk inside, there's like hole, one unit has holes in every single door and just like stained walls with markers and just And, and you're just thinking like, what the Oh my heck? gosh, yeah. Like, what have Bikes I and into? junk all over the front. Yeah, well, and <clears throat> I wasn't, I hadn't gotten into it yet. I was under contract and, yeah. and they'd maybe well aware that if, you know, if we decide we don't want it, we can back out. Like, don't be so okay. scared yeah. to put offers in. So yeah, that, yeah. that was really helpful. And so I, I went with it knowing that it's like, hey, this is deciding if we want it. Yeah. And so I do this walkthrough and I show up and I'm pumped. And I walked through it, I'm like, oh my gosh. And so me and my wife sit in the car, I'm like, I don't think do we're this. gonna do this. I don't think this is a good idea. <laughs> and so we like, we, you know, I think, I, I don't know if that same day or the next day, but I called Braden, I'm like, Braden, we're not, I don't think we're gonna do yeah, it. Like this is too scary, this, this, this seems too crappy. Like a piece of junk. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think this is for us. And he's like, He's like, well, let's just talk to Dave. Dave was there. Let's talk to Dave and see what's that. And Dave was like, dude, yeah. I don't remember exactly what he told me, but he essentially told me that. He's like, Dallas, when, when we buy a property, we don't buy it because it's cute. You don't buy it because you'd want to live there yourself. You buy it for the numbers. And it's like, we looked at the numbers and the numbers are good. So like, I know it's not a attractive property, but like, that's just what rental properties are. They have their, their assets that make money. They're not cute properties that we want to live in ourselves. So like, it's a good property. I think you should. I, I think you should do it. Is what he told me. He yeah. said, "I think I should, I should do it." And so after doing that, I I feel very fortunate enough that I was in a spot where it's like, look, worst case scenario, I it was a three hundred sixty thousand dollar fourplex. Okay. I was doing twenty five percent down, which had I known some other stuff, I could have done a lot less down. Yeah. But I didn't know. I didn't know. But it, so I was put put ninety thousand down. I think after closing costs and credits, it, yeah, be like nine, it was like 92,000, I think. Out okay, that's not that bad. Game. So it's not not terrible. Or maybe it's 97. I think it was, I think I paid 5,000 in earnest money and then a 92,000 additional. Okay. So anyway, so, but it was, it was a lot of money, but I was in a spot where I'm like, look, if I did lose all of this money, it wouldn't wreck my world. Like I, I'd be okay. It's, it was, like, there's it was enough like, upside that is like, it's worth it. Worst case scenario, I would survive. We'd yeah. Be okay. Yeah. Yeah, it was scary enough that if it was up to me, I wasn't gonna do it. After talking to Dave, I still felt scared, but I was like, I did trust Dave. And so I was like, Dave thinks it's a good deal. Whatever, what the heck, let's take let's a leap of faith. It. Let's try it out and see how it goes. And so it was super scary, but I just did it. Yeah. And I was also really scared of like, you know, losing tenants and turnovers. And so I actually like was really bad at raising rents. I was like at least three or $400 below market rent for like, two years. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I want to pause you just really quick, just like looking at your life and looking at these themes throughout your life. And 
one thing I think is really important for being successful is being willing to take those risks, right? Like you had never sold anything when you went out to California to sell pest, knock on people's doors and sell pest control. And you stayed even after your buddy left, right? That's trying something new. When you jumped into this real estate deal, like you had no idea what you were in, what was in front of you and you, you still jumped in or the, the Nerf gun arena, right? You had no idea what you were doing. You're like, well, let's try it. I mean, worst case scenario, I'll, I'll survive and be able to move forward. But it's like, but there could be some really cool upsides here. And so I think I, I want to call people's attention to that. It's like, that's a theme that I think you'll see throughout anyone who has success or been successful in life is like, that's a theme. Gotta you have, take, to, be, gotta you take have to be willing to take risks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's why entrepreneurs make great money is right. Yeah. Like there's a lot of risk. Employees don't take risks. Whereas that hey, you show up, you put in your time, you do the job that's mm -hmm. told to you and said, this is what you do. And you get paid your salary. Whereas entrepreneurs are like, you're going to be working for free for a while. You might get a huge upside. You might not. Well, and, and some of the things work out, right? Yeah. Like door-to-door -door sales worked out really, really well. The Nerf Gun Arena, not so, not so well. Yeah. The real estate worked out really well. But my video like, you never know. My videography business, I did try to make money. With, <laughs> I made a total of $900 as a videographer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you probably spent about I, that much on equipment. I, oh, more than that on equipment. Yeah. On, so like, on the course, I, I spent like $600 on the course. And then I spent on equipment, I bought a $4,000 camera yeah so it's like didn't, didn't work out and that's okay yeah you know you learned a new skill you survived you have stories now that you can share with people but it's like well, what you tried and i feel like everything i've done even college you could say didn't work out i guess you could yeah, kinda, not, i mean i graduated I mean, whatever using some of that stuff but i i didn't use i didn't work in my field by everything that i've done i feel like i i the things that i learned you know for i could totally justify saying college for me was a big waste of time and a big waste of money because i've never used my degree and I spent a lot of money on education yep. and I never, I've never used it. It's never, it's never helped me get a job, never helped me make money, except for I do use the skills that I've learned. And I think and, everything- And the connections and, you made at college, yeah, like we met at college. And and, I met Braden at college. Braden at college. Was college. Got me like a lot of these different things, right? It's like, even if it doesn't work out for the reason you started doing it, it's like, th things work out if you're willing to hustle and work hard like things will work out even if they suck in the moment like yeah. things are things will work yeah out. yeah